Welcome to Fox and Frayed. I'm Anne without an E. And I'm Robin with a Y. We're the podcast that takes you down the reading rabbit hole. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fox and Frayed. Happy Valentine's Day. Yes, right? happy Valentine's Day. Happy book giving day. It's very yes. good vibes. Yes. The day that this is released will be book giving day. And yesterday was Valentine's Day, although it's only February 3rd for us right now. And I think they're the same day. They're both on Valentine's Day, the 14th. Oh, are they? Oh, okay, 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 okay. Well, my mistake. We are having a book giveaway on our Instagram, and we'll talk about that a little bit more towards the end of the episode, but we did talk about it at the end of last, the last episode. So, yes. yes. So, Anne and I talked about what our theme for this month should be, because it's February, and February is like a romantic month, so we decided that we wanted to talk about our favorite romance books and also the books that we love that we don't often have an opportunity to talk about. And we also just want to talk about sort of the relationship that you have with others in terms of your reading. So like the intimacy of reading with others or sharing your favorite books with other people. Mm-hmm. That's tough. <laughs> it is tough, right? Like I don't tell people about my favorite books unless I can like trust them, you know, like I recommended call me by your name. No. Yeah. Call me by your name by what is his name? Andre Ackman, I think to some friends, this couple that I'm friends with. And I don't think they loved it. (laughs) I don't think they were crazy about it, but I loved that book. And I was so crushed when they did not respond to it as I had hoped. They didn't think it was bad, but they just didn't love it. I thought it was good. Yeah, I love that book. It's really good. It's, it's very romantic. It is very romantic. And it's heartbreaking when someone doesn't like one of your favorite books. It gets yeah. such a slap in the face. I find I have trouble like recommending books, especially like like Call Me By Your Name. It shouldn't be, but it's kind of controversial. Yeah. And so, ugh, I don't know. People are, People can be sensitive to different things. Yeah. And so that makes it challenging to recommend books and I've also been recommended books that were like I remember when I was younger like were kind of above my your reading level maturity level not reading level but like I was Uh, like oh this is right I it was like a biography of Mary Shelley the author of Frankenstein oh my gosh and if you know any of her history like there's some yeah there's some skeletons in that closet yeah yeah yeah, for sure. Some mature content. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Do you ever like keep a book to yourself because you love it so much that you don't want other people to have it? And you just feel like no one will ever understand that book the way that you do. So you don't recommend it to people? Hmm. That's a tough question because I'll have to out myself. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, you there don't have to share that, them. Like, but... There are definitely books that I have enjoyed and like that meant a lot to me, but I wouldn't necessarily talk about them. Just because, like, I know it's very particular to me, and also, like, I don't want anyone's opinion about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have some books that, like, are particular to my, like, my life. Like, the reason why I like them so much is because they related to a particular 
thing that happened to me personally. And so I don't recommend them to people because I know that the reason why I liked it so much was because of my own life experiences. But then I have other books that I've been afraid to recommend because I'm like, this is mine. Like, this is my book. I have a special relationship with this book. And I believe that other people will like it, but I don't, I can't, I can't risk it. I can't risk like ending friendships. I mean, I would never go that far, but I like, I would be so hurt if people didn't like that book, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, I actually did like recommend a book. Okay. So controversial book that I really like is Lolita. Yeah. I, I just love that book. I read it when I was like maybe in college and it's so well written. And so like a couple of years ago, I, I picked it for our book club and I just like, uh, it was disappointing because I love that book so yeah. much, but I feel like no one loved it as much as me and not even for like the reasons that you would think of like why it's like a controversial book some of the more taboo topics I don't know so when you share something like like that really meant a lot to you and like you've enjoyed and then people just didn't enjoy it it kind of like sours it not really sours it because I still love it but it it makes you like insecure yeah, I know exactly what you mean for sure sometimes it feels like your relationship with the book is like being cheapened sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no, this is really good. Trust me. And I mean, and there's always like, everyone brings their own particular lenses to a book. And then sometimes I'll recommend a book that I loved when I was like 15. I recommend it to someone. And then afterwards I'm like, oh man, maybe that was not the best book to recommend because like what you like at 15 is very different from what you like at 28. So yeah. And we also, sometimes, yes, I have some, my, all of the books that I talk about today are like young adult novels that I, that I like when I was young. So they're all romance. The other thing we talked about talking about is the romance of reading aloud to people. Yes. When Ty and I, we did a trip to see the solar eclipse in Oregon back in like 2017. And I read Into Thin Air by John Krakauer to him on our trip. And it was like a nice bond between Ty and I because we were sharing that experience together. And it's something that we associate with our trip now as well, that story. But then what was interesting is that sometimes Ty would fall asleep in like a public place while I was reading to him. So for example, we took the ferry from Victoria, British Columbia over to, I don't know, um, down to Washington. I don't know the exact port that we landed in. And he fell asleep on the ferry, but there were people around us who were listening. And I would see him like falling asleep. So I'd put the book down and then somebody around us would be like, oh no, can you please keep reading? Like I was really enjoying that. (laughs) And so so then I would just, yeah, I would just keep reading and I'd be reading to like strangers And sometimes we'd be in like a public place and like when we were waiting for the solar solar eclipse to happen, I asked him if he was getting tired of listening and people around us were like, oh, but we're not tired of listening. Please don't stop. Like, I really like this book. (laughs) So it kind of creates like a funny little, really, it's like a weird way to create relationships with the people around you that you might not normally talk to. Wow, that's such a cute story. I love yeah. that. <laughs> and I also just was thinking about my students because I tutor English. And one of the things that I do a lot is read 
books aloud to them. And sometimes they will pick a book, like it'll be a book that their teacher has chosen for the class, but there's also a document online that is the Alberta government approved books for each grade and each reading level. And I will let them, I'll let my students pick a book off that list. So like right now I'm reading Pride and Prejudice with my 17 year old student, but I've also read, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird or The Great Gatsby, um, The Chrysalids, all these different books. And when it's a book that I've always, or I've already read, it's, just such an amazing experience to see them get invested in it and like light up when things happen. And sometimes I'll try to plan when we read the book together so that I'm reading the exciting part to them because it's fun to like see their reaction and I can like glance up at them and all that, like their jaws are on the ground and they're like, wait a minute, what? Like, I can't believe that just happened. So I really love that. It's super fun. And it, it just creates such a unique bond between people it's very different than going to see a movie together yeah like one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is like I'm not the best at reading aloud and I think like I want to practice again because there's something very special about it and I remember like being read to as a child it was like such an important experience for me and when I babysat or like I go and see my friends kids like when it's time to read oh my gosh my one friend hit her son, he's just like climb right into my lap and so excited to read. And it's like this beautiful experience that we share. And I don't know, I just think it's really important. And I kind of wanted to like explore how it connects us and how it can be really intimate and beautiful. Yeah. So I haven't really had the opportunity to like read with a partner, mostly just like I read aloud to my family. So like growing up, I read to my sister a lot and that was like really special time for us. This is like kind of funny and a little bit weird, but I was on like a road trip with my brother a few years ago and I actually read Brokeback Mountain by Annie <laughs> Prue <laughs> aloud so to him. Funny. How did you guys pick that um, book? Okay, so it was when I was trying to read 150 books. And oh. so it was like, it's like a short story. Right, okay. And so while we were driving, we would listen to audiobooks or read aloud these books that I had brought. And I was like, this might be kind of weird, but do you want to, <laughs> are you down to listen to this? And it was actually like really fun. And that is a very good book, very romantic. That's cute. Oh my gosh, that's really funny. One of my favorite childhood memories is for, well, two of them. First of all, my mom reading to me every night before going to bed, like she would read me Amelia Bedelia or the Berenstein Bears or Spot the Dog or whatever. And then when I was in grade three, I had to read, there was like this reading challenge, okay? This is such a dumb story, but I'm going to tell it anyways, okay? <laughs> I'm going to commit to this story. So when I was in grade three, we had this reading challenge where we had to read like two pages of a book every night or something, and then our parents would sign off on it. And my dad really wanted me to do this challenge. Like he took it very seriously. I don't know why he did, but he actually chose Harry Potter. So I would read two pages of Harry Potter aloud to him. He would sign off the form and then he would read the rest of the book aloud to me. Not the rest of the book, but maybe the rest of that chapter. And I think we did like the first like four books together like that. Like we did a lot of Harry Potter for that reading challenge. It's one of my like all time favorite memories, like sitting right next to him on the couch and like you know, reading it with him and stuff. It just like, it's like such a special memory for me. And, you know, whenever something exciting happened, he would go like, oh, and close it and pretend <gasps> like he wasn't going to read the next page. <laughs> and then uh, as the books got old, like as the kids age in the book, there starts to be swear words and he would like gasp and cover it up, you know, like when they say like damn or hell or whatever. 
Anyways, so in grade three, that was the challenge. And I didn't really think much of it. I was like, whatever, this is like all good. And I handed in my form to my teacher, didn't really think too much of it. And then a few weeks later, there was a science like presentation to our entire school. This like science experiment group came in and we're showing all, showing all these like fun experiments you can do at home. And it was like the school-wide assembly and they had one t-shirt to give away that has like the, their logo on it. And they're like, we only have one. So your teachers are going to decide who should get it, like whatever. And I kind of thought, oh, whatever. And after the assembly, I had to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom and I came back and all the kids in my class were waiting for me because my teachers chose me because I had read the most oh. out of all in our grade. And I still have that t-shirt to this day. 20 really? years later, I still have that t-shirt. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's yeah. like a real trophy though. Yeah, I'll actually take a picture of it and put it on our Instagram because it's like my pride and joy. I love that shirt so much. Anyways, long story, but that's my reading aloud story with my parents, my dad. That's so cute. I love that. I feel like it's, I don't know, I just love talking about this because I feel like reading aloud has become like for me a little bit of a fear I know like um when I was in flight attendant training they made us do like popcorn reading and it was so stressful because you're just like oh popcorn reading you went to like didn't they do that in school so if we were popcorn reading we just take turns and you go around and everyone like takes a turn reading okay so it's like pop 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 each person yeah is it kind of fast like you have to change really quickly Um, or like what not really. It's just like, okay, Anne, you're going to read this paragraph. And then Robin, oh. you're going to read this paragraph. And like, you go around the room. You never did that? Okay. We would like take turns reading aloud in class, but I don't think we called it popcorn reading. I think it was just called oh. taking turns reading. <laughs> I don't think they actually called it that in like my professional training, but that's what <laughs> my mom used to call it. Popcorn that's so reading. funny. <laughs> yeah. But reading aloud in a class is so stressful. I it find. is really stressful. And then you're just like worried about like what you have to read and like messing it up. So it's harder to like listen and enjoy. Yeah, I can I can sympathize with that for sure. I feel like I've just like I've had like six or five or six years of experience reading aloud to students now that I just don't care. If I don't even know a word, like if it's a word that I'm not familiar with and I have I just don't even I like stumble over it and I'm like, I don't know what that means. We'll look it up later. And I keep going. <laughs> we're done the chapter. I'm like, we're just going to keep going. I don't even care anymore. It doesn't matter. Actually though, last night, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. Okay. I was reading to my student last night and one of the words, so you know when like you have a, a word that's split on two sides of the page, there's like the little dash. Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh. The word was defection. But I, I was having difficulty like figuring out the split. And I said, I was like, his defecation instead of his defection. Oh, no. And first of all, Ty's laughing in the background and my student can hear him and she starts going and she thinks it's really funny. And I was like, oh my gosh, I know that's not what the word is. I just misspoke, but I mean, who cares? I just, whatever. <laughs> Once you do it enough, you get really comfortable. Yeah. That's true. When you do it enough, it it becomes like like fun. It is fun. I really enjoy it. Yeah. You can like practice your voice acting skills and like try different voices for different characters (gasps) and get really animated. Oh my gosh. I actually, uh, I was reading, I read Nancy Drew this year or last year and I read it aloud to my sister over like a video chat. Oh, and I was doing the voices and she's like, I never want to hear you narrate a book <laughs> with a child ever again. That's so funny. 
you're not allowed to read any more books with children's voices yeah it's like i think that's a thing though like i listened to matilda yeah i listened to matilda by uh roald dahl but it was narrated by kate winslet and i hated it her child voices were so obnoxious that i was like shut up kate winslet like i can't handle this and she's like doing like a like british accents right is kate winslet british yes okay yeah well anyways i think so like each each child would have like a different accent, like a different from different regions throughout the UK. And then she would also like make them a little bit more obnoxious so that they are like, they sound like children because children can be a little obnoxious, right? And yeah, it's just like, it's super annoying. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That I reminds me of, um, okay, uh, Room oh. by, oh, what? I feel like it's by Emma. Emma Donahue, I think her name is. That sounds right. Yeah. I I read that book and I liked it. But I tried to listen to the audiobook, mm. and the whole thing is narrated in a child's voice. That's too much, yeah. And I found it, like, very irritating. Yeah, and then, I don't blame And you. also, like, more upsetting because of the subject matter. Yeah, fair enough. It's a great book, but I can see why that would be a little, a little it was, irritating. It was too much yeah. For me. So, our favorite romance books. Do you want to go first? We both sort of picked a, a Jane Austen book here, but. Yeah. So this one is hard for me. And like, I realized by researching my story graph that I don't really read a whole lot of romance. Like when, when you would say like, oh, what's your favorite romance book? Mm-hmm. I automatically think of Emma because even though like, it's not really even about her own romance, it's about mm. the romanticism of romance and just like to me it just seems like a very funny take on romance and the way she's manipulating it and trying to control it i don't know it's why do you think you don't read why do you think you don't read very much romance i don't know reading too much true crime (laughs) (sighs) like i used to love romance i loved romance novels so much and then i also just sort of stopped reading them and i'm not really sure why why I did that I think like part of it is being insecure about what I have read and what I haven't read and so I feel like I became much more focused on reading more how to say it prestigious books Mm, fair enough that does lately yeah and then I've been trying like I've been reading a lot of nonfiction and a lot of classics a lot of crime and so it's just not ever like at the top of my list yeah yeah and then when I do read a more romantic book I don't know so often I find I'm very critical yeah and I really like a lot of character development and Mm -hmm. a lot of ambiance yeah and when it's just about two people falling in love and you know what's gonna happen it's kind of like yeah okay fair enough so true I I would agree with that like romance novels don't have as much like twists and turns and unexpected outcomes and I think that's why Call Me By Your Name is so successful because it is really different from typical romance novels and it does have a lot mm-hmm. of like ambiance right like they, it takes place in Italy and Italy is like a character in the book like it's Italy is like a whole person because it's such a such a strong setting and it's not just about you know these these two men and their relationship but yeah, I know what you mean. I, so this was a hard choice for me. And I thought about talking about Pride and Prejudice because that's like one, it is one of my all-time favorite 
romance novels and I read it like 10 years ago and I'd sort of forgotten about how much I loved it like I knew that I loved the story but I'd forgotten how good it was until I just started rereading it with my student a couple weeks ago but everyone knows that story like everyone is familiar with Pride and Prejudice like I don't need to you know hype yeah, it up yeah same with Emma like yeah. everyone kind of knows yeah and then I also thought stories. about talking about The Time Traveler's Wife by Audrey Neffinger but I feel like that is also a really famous book and again like a lot of people are familiar with it and with the concept so I thought about I w- that one too yeah I love that book <laughs> so uh, the one that I chose was Tropical Kiss by Jan I think her name was Kofi which was written in 2005 and it only has 2,000 reviews on Goodreads it's really unknown for whatever reason and I don't I can't say that this is a young adult novel. I think it is, but the main character isn't uh, like a teenager. Like most young adult novels are about, you know, people still in high school and she's actually 18 years old. So I first got this book in like grade six or seven and a friend of mine lent it to me and I lent her a book. And then we just never switched back because I liked hers more and she liked mine more. So like, I don't know how she found it, how she ever discovered it. I've never seen it mentioned anywhere else. Like it's just Anyways, it's about this 18-year-old girl who goes to Aruba to visit her father. And before she goes, she breaks her leg. So his assistant, who is 20 or 21, has to take care of her while she's there. And it's a very summery book. Like the weather that they're experiencing and their climate is a big feature. And there's a lot of description of, you know, the, like, the oppressive heat and stuff. It's really cute. It's definitely, you know, sort of a paperback romance. So don't go in expecting a great feat of literature. But throughout the course of the book, you find out that her dad is sort of involved in some like unsavory illegal activity and her and her assistant end up kind of like spying on him and following him to figure out what's going on. And it's like really silly, but it's very exciting and it's really cute. And it's just like the girl is quite clumsy. And for me, that's very relatable. Like there's a scene where she locks herself out of the house And so she tries to climb in through the window, but her cast gets stuck and the assistant walks in on her halfway out of the house and halfway in the house. (laughs) Yes, I can relate to that. So it's really cute and just, I loved it. It's a a really sweet book. I should reread it. I've never heard of that, but maybe I'll read it too. Yeah, it's a good one. It's, it is short too. Like it's, it's one of those paperbacks that's like thick, but it's only thick because it has like huge font and it's like very like stout. It's short you know mm. so it seems yeah. longer than it is but it's not I think I've I've reread it several times since I was young like I mean if I got it when I was like 11 right it's been a long time since I've gotten it but I haven't read it s- since I was probably like 18 so okay, okay so favorite book that we never get to talk about this was really difficult for me because I have so many books that I feel deserve a lot of recognition but I don't ever get to talk about them but in the end, I wanted to choose like a romance to stay on theme, but this isn't really a romance. Like this is not a romance novel. Don't come at me because it is, I know that it's not a romance, but it has like a type of romance in it. So that's why I chose it. But it's called Stolen, A Letter to My Captor by Lucy Christopher. So again, it's another YA novel, but it's written from the perspective of this like 16 year old girl and she's writing to a 20-year-old man who has kidnapped her. And I actually found this book at like Zeller's when I was 14 or 15, when Zeller's still <laughs> existed. And I haven't seen it anywhere else. Like I've never really seen anybody else talk about it. But Lucy Christopher wrote the book as part of her like PhD. And it won the Michael Prince Award for Excellence in Young Adult Literature from the American Library Association. And so the book mainly takes place in the Australian outback. And honestly, the depictions of like her being stuck in the middle of nowhere with this guy who has kidnapped her 
were just so rich and vivid and terrifying that I still have like a fear of the Australian outback. Like it freaks me out to think about the Australian outback because I'm like, you're in the middle of goddamn nowhere. There's nobody around. You can be there for days. Like there's so many animals out there that could kill you. Like it's just terrifying to me. It's so horrifying. But anyways, as the book progresses, you can see her like, you can see the narrator developing Stockholm syndrome for her captor. And so that's why I say that it's a romance because she starts to like develop feelings for him, but it's like, it'll be stuff where like, like he, she needs like, I, I honestly not even sure if this is actually from the book, but like, let's say she needs tampons and he like, he'll like go and get them for her. And it's like, oh, that's, she kind of is like, oh, that's sort of nice that he did that. But it's also like, he's kidnapped you. And as a reader, you develop oh. Stockholm Syndrome too. Like you are like, you find yourself being like, oh, this guy's like so cute. And then you're like, oh God, ew, 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 ew. Like, no, he's not. This is disturbing. So it's really, the setting is super rich. And again, good summer book because it takes place in Australian Outback. And also just like very convincing perspective from this girl of being like developing feelings for someone who has kidnapped her i love that book so much please everyone check it out it's excellent that sounds really good it's it's really i also really, have really not good. heard of that i don't know why it doesn't it's get more attention interesting it's a novel though right it's a it's novel like- yeah it's not, not a real story no god no yeah it's a, just a novel but it is short it okay. is quite short as well okay do you have a book that you love that you want to talk about Anne? <sighs> Honestly, I really like hate. Uh, this is so bad for the podcast, but I hate talking about the books that I really love. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and then like any book that I would be really comfortable talking about is like a very popular. Like everyone loves Lord of the Rings. Everyone loves mm-hmm. Emma. Everyone loves you know those books. Whereas yeah, the ones that I really really love, ah, I'm too shy <laughs> to talk about them. <laughs> Is there one that you just want to give like a shout out to? You just want to like acknowledge it? You um, just think okay. Like, it doesn't even yeah. have to be something that you love, but like anything that you just think deserves like a little bit of like a nod that it's not getting. Okay. Yeah. So there is this one book and it is like romantic. Okay. And it's I don't even I someone gave it to me. Okay. And it's called Seven for a Secret. And let me see if I can even find the author because, like, I've not been able to find it. And I feel like it got donated or, like, left at one of my homes. Okay. Oh, I found it at Indigo. The library does not Hmm. have it. Okay. And this is, like, like a young adult novel. Um, It's called Seven for a Secret by Mary C. Shepard. And it's about, like, these three cousins on the East Coast. I haven't read this for years because I haven't had, like, access to it. So they live in this little village in Newfoundland, and I think they're about 15 or so. It just, like, talks about, like, their lives, and the the three cousins are all, like, their similarities, but they're also, like, very different, like, distinct personalities, but they're, like, very close, and their relationship just, I don't know, I just really liked it. The main character is also, like, in a relationship, and, like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, you I just said, like love this book. I re- reread it so much. When, when did I you first young. read it? Like you were young. Yeah. I was young. I was like right. maybe in junior high. You said it was Seven for a Secret by Victoria Holtz. Is that who it was by? No, no, no. Sorry. Seven for a Secret. Again? Okay. Um, it's Seven for a Secret by Mary C. Shepard. 
And if you look look up the cover, the cover is just like the kind of thing I like. Is like kind of looks like a oh, paper doll wait. collage. Oh, okay, okay. It's like okay. these three I'm girls. This. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. This is definitely an Anne looking sort of thing. Yeah, man. Okay. There's so many weird things when you look up seven for a secret. I like just yeah. I got like whoa. Yeah. I was very confused. Seven for a secret. Wow. This looks like really. Is it? It's a. It's a YA. Yeah. It's a YA. Cause they're like fifteen. This is so strange. I've never seen a book with this kind of cover before. I'm like fascinated. I know. I'm so sad that like I don't have it anymore, and I have. I cannot remember who gave it to me. Yeah. Um. It has not forty-one reviews on Goodreads. I'm sorry. I know we yeah, haven't been using like- Goodreads anymore, but. I'm not using it. I just want to clarify. I am not using it, but it's always the first result that comes up when you Google a book. It has a very, very, very high SEO. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah, So, I mean, it's pretty obscure. Yeah. And it's like, like you were talking about that book where you kind of just came across it and really well known. Weird. Um, Yeah. I kind of want to check this out. Yeah. I want to reread it because I know like when I was young, like, I loved this book. Yeah, like, each of the cousins kind of has, like, different ideas for, like, what they want their life to be. Yeah. And how they're, like, striving to get there and the kind of, like, the setbacks that they have, like, partly just because of their circumstances. I know that there is, like, a little bit of sex in this one because it was, like, one of the first books I remember, like, reading anything sexual in. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. But it was, like, so I was like, oh my goodness. But it isn't like graphic, really. And yeah, it's like kind of sweet and romantic. I don't know. Oh man. I'm, I'm actually um, very interested. I love like weird, like weird books like this that people find where it's like, how did you even get, how did you come across this? Like, it's so I, weird. I want to know who gave this to me. I don't, yeah. Like, I don't even know who to ask though. Or like, because it, yeah. I, okay, growing up, I got all my books at the library. And this is one of the very, very few books I actually owned. Mm, weird and it's but it's available through indigo you said still it looks like you can get it online uh right yeah because i did see it was on amazon but amazon has you know everything so all the books amazon i know last resort yeah last resort always um only something very obscure yeah i actually have a really similar like experience with a book like that you've just described and this is super off topic but when I was, oh my God, like, honestly, probably eight. I think I was eight years old. I don't know why this happened, but so my best childhood friend, I went to the same, like, day home as her, and the people who ran the day home were her grandparents. So I called them grandma and grandpa because she called them grandma and grandpa, even though there was, like, no mm-hmm. blood relation. And when I was, like, eight, and her and I are still really close to this day, but when I was eight and she was 10 – her grandparents took us out to this like community in our area to just like have lunch and like walk around or something. And there was a crystal shop in this community. Do you, you know the one I'm talking about, right? That crystal shop? Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure I do know. Yeah. Yeah. There was this crystal shop and for whatever reason we went in there and there was a used book section and I found this pink murder mystery. And I was like, Grandma, can I get this? And she was like, sure. And she bought me, a, like an eight-year-old girl, a literal murder mystery. And mm-hmm. Tacita and I went back to my place, to my parents' place. And she slept over. And she was asleep. And I stayed up all 
dang night and read that book like cover to cover I was obsessed with it I thought it was so good it's about this like twin girls who are separated at birth and then they get back together in university they like reconnect and then there's all of these like murders happening on their like in their dorm and what the main narrator thinks that it's her twin and so it's her trying to like figure out what's happening and it was like bright pink but it wasn't like twisted sister. So I haven't been, I have no idea what on earth happened to this book. I've asked this friend of mine if she knows what happened to it. She doesn't know. Like, I don't know who wrote it. And when I look at, when I look up the book, I find another one that's like similar, but it's not the book. Hmm. It has almost the exact same plot and the same like kind of vibes to it. Like same sort of cover, like crappy nineties, like murder mystery looking book. But mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm just like, I haven't been able to find it on Goodreads. It's on Amazon. It's nowhere. Like I can't find this book for the life of me. So I don't know. I, maybe I just oh dreamt gosh. it. I have no idea. It's so weird, but it was excellent. I remember like, it's, like I vividly remember like the characters and how she figures out who the murderer is and everything. That it's sounds so, so good. It's a really good. <laughs> I'll have to look for it I again. love stuff like that. It's so weird how these books like find us and then like make such a huge impact. Yeah. And then sometimes but then, like disappear. Us. <laughs> yeah, they just Where vanish. Did you go? Yeah, their time is their time is done. That was like one of my that was probably my first like adult book that I ever read. I feel like this I mean this isn't really an adult book, but I don't know what would have been like the most or like the first adult book. I remember the first Anne Rule book that I read and that was like that would be terrifying. Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> what? I don't even understand these. What is happening here? Do people really do these things? Yeah, that's crazy. I don't. Mm. I the only one I read by her is The Stranger Beside Me, and I read that like last year. <laughs> I feel like that one is like because that one's actually like her personal life a little yeah. bit is like super tame compared mm. to like I don't know, just like. I can't even I can't even remember exactly. I can't remember which book it was, but I remember there was like cocaine on the headboard and there, <laughs> there was oh some gosh. freaky stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, do you have anything Oops. else? <laughs> do you have anything else you want to add before we talk about the contest and end for today? I think I am good. What about you? I think I'm good. I don't think I have anything else that I need to say. For our contest, the details are on our Instagram, but we are giving away a $25 gift card to the bookstore of your choosing to the winner. So you just need to go and find the post on our Instagram and tag someone and tell us what the first book you read in 2021 is, and then follow us. And you will be eligible to win. And we'll announce the winner on, what day did we say? Do you remember? On the 14th. On the 14th. We'll announce the winner on the 14th. Yes. So we will reach out and contact you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. Thank you. And happy Valentine's Day. Happy happy. book giving day. Yes. Bye. Bye. And that's our show. Thank you for joining us here at Boxed and Frayed. We have been your hosts, Anne and Robin. You can email us at foxandfraid.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram at foxandfraid.podcast. And there you can find a link to our website, which has a master list of all of the books we've discussed. We'll talk to you next time. Happy reading. <laughs>